hello everyone and thanks for joining the Walt Weekly Podcast Friday Live. My name is Walter Latham and I'm your host and I'm joined by your co-host Michelle Sweeney McCombs. You know what I, you know, I always think, you know, when you look at Saturday Night Live, they say live from New York. It's Saturday night and I want to say live from New York. This is Friday Live, you know. So it, it sounds a little redundant though. It doesn't sound quite right, but um, so I'm not going to use that. Anyway, I'm going to get on with today's topic, and it's where are our black churches? Are they missing? They never left? So we want to, we got the right guests to address this question. We have a couple of guests, which Michelle will be introducing to you. But I do want to just back this up and preface this by saying that, you know, data, I did a little research, and from Pew, they're saying that overall, a majority of black adults who attend religious services do so at black congregations. So 6% go to black churches. And this is driven by high share, if you want to look at it from a denominational uh, point of view, 67% are Protestant. All right. And the other, th- other third is 6% are Catholic. And another 6% are Christians or non-Christians. So I did want to put, you know, set that backdrop for this discussion to give you a little of the, the data that we've been able to uncover. And it's always been out there. We just have, haven't looked at it. But uh, another thing is the first black church was founded in Savannah, Georgia in mm-hmm. 1773 by Reverend George Lael. That's spelled wow. L-E-I-L-E. Mm-hmm. And that was prior to the formation of the United States, a couple of years before, in 1773. All right, so with that said, I'm going to turn it over to Michelle for introductions of our esteemed guest tonight that's going to show us the way and answer these questions that we have outstanding. Michelle? Hey, Walter, thank you, and good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Walt Weekly Friday Live. Thank you to our live audience for joining us this evening. Please follow the Walt Weekly and share this podcast. The button below. You're breaking up, Michelle. Today's Friday Live is brought to you by Michelle Sweeney Hair and Skin Care. And our intro and outro music is provided by Uncle Nephew. Today's show topic is where are our black churches? We are honored to have with us this evening Reverend James Kilgore. Senior Pastor at Friendship Baptist Church in Harlem, New York. We also have Gregory Coleman out of North Carolina, who is also familiar with the Walt Weekly Friday Live. He's owner of Illumination Media and Technology. So I'm going to hand it back over to Walter. We may have a few people joining us later, but right now this is it. And we thank you guys for joining us. Reverend Kilgore, thank you very much. Can you elaborate a little bit more for us? who you are and what you are doing at your church. And uh, yes, you. my, uh, my name is right now. Is that now or wait on wall? Uh, no, you can, like to, you can go ahead. Yeah. Yes, go ahead. Please yes. proceed. Okay. Oh, okay. Wonderful. My, uh, good evening, everyone. And thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm so grateful just to be a part of this uh, um, topic and audience. My name is Reverend James A. Kilgore. I've been serving as a senior pastor of the Friendship Baptist Church for the last 20 years. I've been in the ministry for about a good uh, 32 years. 
uh, uh, I'm married to Sister Linda Kilgore. Uh, uh, we don't, we've been married 34 years. We don't have any children. Uh, I got about 67 nieces and nephews. I'm from East New York, Brooklyn. Um, I just love helping people. And uh, I'm a brother from, you know, uh, I guess you could describe me best as being a brother from the hood and uh, who was just all messed up until one day I got introduced to uh, someone who changed everything about me. And I want to make a difference in other people's lives, uh, not so much to uh, get them to be robots, but just to let them know that there's a better way than uh, hustling and banging and all those uh, things that are out here in this community. And I, I pray that it helps our people. Um, as we talk about the church, you know, there's much to talk about concerning the church. Um, so okay. thank you for having me. God bless you all. Thank you for joining. Yes, thank you. And Greg, next, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? You've been out of touch with us for a little bit, and we're welcoming you back. We're glad yes. to have you back on the show. It's been a, it's been a little while. It seems like months. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, not that long, but it feels like it, right? I definitely, definitely miss y'all, and it's an honor to to be on here with Reverend Kilgore. Um, I'm I'm originally from um, Brooklyn, New York. Also, um, lived in East New York, Brownsville, um, up until I'm a, a, a U.S. Army veteran, and right. I moved to uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, in 2007, and I actively became a, a member uh in church in 2008 and that absolutely changed my life um just passively uh, i mean uh passionately and and deeply involved in ministry and outreach of you know of all kinds whatever we can do you know to to help people to change our neighborhoods change our streets change you know the hearts and minds of people you know wherever we go which is you know what i feel we're called to do, but more, you know, intimately to change, change our locality, change, you know, the people that are uh, closest to us. So I'm, I'm passionate about ministry, passionate about, about God and passionate about uh, representing Christ. So I'm, I'm just thankful and grateful to be here. Awesome, Greg. We miss you too. Okay. I had a problem with my mic. I had some technical okay. difficulties. Now we hear you. All right. All right. I was trying to bring in Phyllis. Uh, Phyllis, if we can't get you in, uh, are you going to proceed? All right. So I want to welcome our guests, you know, uh, Reverend Kilgore and uh, Gregory. And uh, today we want to talk about, you know, the state of the black church, you know, in this environment. And the first question I, I want to ask is going to be addressed to the Reverend. First off, what is your denomination? All right. Um... Before I, I'm, I'm going to answer that, well, but, but I want to I want to just see if I can help this whole conversation. Okay. Um, one of the things that I, I have learned, um, and it, I knew it all along, but it when I really understood it is when, you know, I, I was able to sit down and, and start uh, branching out. Is that there's a difference between the white church and the black church. Uh, I, I want that to be uh, when we say the church. You you read the, you you read about the research with the Pew Research. You know I, I've been in both areas, in the white church area and the black church. 
And I know that there's a distinct difference. Um, and so my denomination is my denomination is American Baptist, National Baptist, Progressive Baptist. Uh, I've been a part of my family's been a part of and I grew up being a part of the Baptist, Pentecostal and United Methodist churches. And so when I was growing up, I, I'm, I am a child of the church. Uh, my family always was in the church. Not like uh, uh, we had nothing to do with the church. I am that that person who grew up in the church. Um, grandmother, Baptist, mom and dad, Baptist Pentecostal, my aunt and uncle, Union United Methodist Church, right there in Brooklyn, uh, and, and just attending all churches, even uh, Roman Catholic churches, just always been a part of the church. And so my, but my denomination is, is think distinctly right now, American Baptist and National Baptist, Progressive Baptist, um, just, just, just affiliation-wide. But I deal with all, all the aspects of the church, even people who are not a part of the church. You know, the unchurched, Jehovah's Witnesses, all of that, uh, you know, has a, has a connection uh, in some way, except a, a very little, very little connection to the Mormon church. Although I, I visited one, uh, I went to preach revival in California, and I knocked on a Mormon church door and I asked the guy, hey, man, I'm Reverend Kilgore. I'm here. I'm doing a revival, and I want to visit this church off of Interstate 5. And the guy said to me, if I let you come in this church, we're going to have to rededicate it. And my wife looked at me and I looked at her. And, see, and that was the only, uh, I guess, experience I had with WOW, you know. So, but I've been a part of uh, uh, all churches in that sense. All right, Gregory. Uh, now, I, I, was, I was raised also as a Baptist. I'm from North Carolina. I'm from Eastern North Carolina, uh, near Greenville, Washington, North Carolina, Rocky Mount. So I'm from that area, eastern, northeastern part nowhere of North Carolina. Nowhere, nowhere and, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was raised by my grandma, and I had to go to church, Sunday school. And occasionally I could escape church, but uh, not many times. <laughs> I did have to go to the services. And uh, right. so I, I, you know, I got a similar uh, background, so I consider myself, if you ask me, you know, what are you in terms of denomination, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Southern Baptist. I may not be practicing right. as much, right. but I pray every day, you know, and, uh, and I pray when I need to. When I say I need to, if it's something very important, I'll say <clears throat> the 23rd song. That's how I was raised. All right. All right. Okay. So what I want to do is, you know, Whereas the black churches, I mean, in this environment that we have now, all right, do, and I want to contrast this to the civil rights era, okay? And the church was very active, planning, and every, you know, especially in my hometown of Williamson. Uh, Martin Luther King used to come there to, to do his planning sessions. Do you see current day in this environment, the churches uh, being as active as they were during the 60s? Is that for me, Walt? Yes, that's for you, Reverend. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. Um, I, I would say uh, we're we're at we're at a. Um, I would say we're at a forty nine fifty one percent kind of activity. Fifty one percent of us are not active in the struggle, um, and forty nine percent of us are. Uh, I do know that right now the the this is the first time in, in human history that, that all um, civil rights movements are not birthed out of the church. Black Lives Matter, you know, several other, uh, other 
uh, activist slash civil rights movement were not birthed out of the church. In fact, if you read the Black uh, uh, Lives Matter manifesto, Brother Hawk Harrelson right here in New York and several others, their manifesto really is, is not inclusive with the church. But, it's, but, it, but uh, they are a civil rights slash activist organization that, that we need, you know, and they're, they're, uh, they're, I guess you would say, the way to get the word out with them is immediate because they have, they have the digital media. You know, so totally different than, you know, rallies on a Sunday and Tuesday afternoon and getting everyone to come to, uh, to the community. And so I would say 51 or 5149 kind of different. Uh, yeah, in that sense, very much so. Okay. Uh, now, do you think that's a good thing? Uh, should the church become more active because it's somewhat centralized instead of spread out? Because uh, you can concentrate people. I, I think that uh, um, for those of us who, 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 are, who are social activists or, or you know, involved in civil rights, you know, we're going to do it regardless. And those of us who, they're, they're, you know, all right, let me, let me see if I can put it first, let me back up a little bit. Um, when I go to the dentist or the, in my internist or, or get on a plane, or see, you know, I know that these people have gone to school for something, right? Right. And, and uh, but when it comes to the handling the, the, the soul and the word of God, you know, most of us just, you know, we don't take that seriously right now. You know, in fact, you know, we're kind of like, it's popular to, to like, if you do un, un, uh, untruthful and negative things, you get a, like a standing ovation today. But if you try to tell somebody to do good, they look at you, you know, frown on you. So that's the kind of dichotomy. That's why we need the civil rights movement. That's why we need activism in order to, to help us to see that there's a better way. And, and uh, we, are we gone away from that in the church? No question at all. Uh, and I think that the, the Achilles heel on that is that, you know, a lot of those who, are, who, who had uh, been the legacy for the movement, you know, that like they died off. It's sort of in the Bible when Paul and all of them, they, when Jesus, Paul, Peter, and all of them die off, they have disciples or descendants. And when they die off, what happens to that next generation? And so our next generation, I'm the, I'm the child of the civil rights, and it does not look good for what's coming behind me, you know, because we, we've been, you know, teaching people that, oh, God wants you to be prosperous. All right. Now, what happens after you're prosperous? You know, how do you get, get them to stop putting their knee on your neck? How do you get stop, stop them from, you know, stopping and frisking and killing everybody? And so that we have not a practice as well, uh, as well as, you know, sh- preaching and trying to get folk to give, as most of us do, are serving uh, in, on the mission field, serving the poor, et cetera. And so, yeah, we're lacking uh, on that civil rights piece. And it's really, really, it's getting real thin, should I say, in my opinion, get real thin. Okay. And Greg, I want to direct that question to you, if you will. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, 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 think, I think there's a... a a slippery slope when it comes to that and in regards to the the church. Um, Yeah. You know, historically, you know, most of the civil rights movements were born out of the church. That's because the the church set the standard. The church was about 
speaking to injustice. That's what that, that's what Jesus did. He spoke to injustice, and and so a lot of those movements were birthed out of the church because, like I said, the church set the standard and the guidance, and and they were the they raised the banner for the civil rights movement. That construct has changed in recent years. I'd say the last twenty, possibly thirty years, because social media media in general has started to take control and the narrative has been set just like the you know this this show was titled where is the black church well the black church is here it it ain't going nowhere it hasn't gone anywhere we're just as active we don't get the publicity and the right. and the notoriety and the recognition that we got during the 60s and 70s but it's still active. We're still fighting the fight. We're still directly involved. We're still changing lives. The the civil rights movement has kind of taken its own direction. And, and just like uh, Reverend um, mentioned, Black Lives Matter, not born out of the church, actually, to me, they're more anti-church. And, yes, and it says so in their in their their mm -hmm. mission statement and manifesto. So uh, even though you have to have a slight social, socially aggressive stance in in a lot of of cases, I don't know if we necessarily, and and I know that's not a popular view among among blacks, but I don't know if we necessarily want to wholeheartedly embrace everything that Black Lives Matter stands for. Yes. Black Lives Matter. <laughs> I mean, that's firmly established. And, and the church believes the same way. And, but, you know, do we want to wholeheartedly um, embrace everything that some of these uh, social activist groups embrace without discerning them first? Okay. Okay. I'm, I mean, you shouldn't. I mean, we're not sheep, right? You know what I mean? No, we're not, we yeah, didn't know what happened to sheep. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. No, no. Okay. All right. Uh, Reverend Kilgore. Yes, sir. What do you think should be the priority of the church? Should it be civil rights in terms of politics? And I'm, uh, and I'm going to make politics synonymous with civil rights because in everything that civil rights encompasses, the fairness and the equality and all that kind of stuff, even level playing field. All right. Do you think that the church's priority should be civil rights or should it be, you know, the, the word of God and the interpretation of, of the Bible and being a person of God, saving the souls? Uh, uh, the church is a conglomeration of it all. You know, uh, if you if you if you take a look and dissect, exegete the text uh, and from the Old Testament, you know, the, in, the, in uh, the first five books in the church history, uh, the, the church was dealing, Israel was dealing with political uh, figures and politics, as well as uh, cultural issues, uh, saving the soul. You know, God has a covenant relationship. We consistently break that covenant as a people, uh, break the heart of God. Uh, and, and we're doing the same thing right up into this very day. Uh, one of the one of the things I think that's a, a, a challenge for us is that you know we don't some of us 
it's it's like I had to to to, to tell this uh, one gentleman, you know, and he was saying, well, uh, this person's not, you know, are they saved and you know, and they don't have the holy. I said, man, when did you get a patent on any of that? You know, like you own the Holy Ghost, you own the church, and and I think that uh some of 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 what what has been our Achilles heel is that we think we own the the church. When I say we, those of us who who believe, those of us who proclaim the gospel, those of us who are trying to get to the souls and the hearts of people, we think we own it, and and we don't have any nails in our hands. Yeah, we don't have any uh, brew. You know, we may have scars. Yeah, I got some scars, but you know, I don't have a crown of thorn on my head and nails in my feet. I did not raise from the dead. Uh, only Christ did that. And and so the church is a conglomeration of all. We have to meet every need, and that's a hard thing to do. It's a very hard thing to do. Um, so I think it deals with all all of those aspects. And and we're not homogenous, you know. Uh, you know, you asked me what denomination. I heard you say your denomination. There are so many non-denominational churches out here today. Everybody can jump up and start a church, you know. And uh, you know, but if it's not Christ-centered and based off of God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, and 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 about changing people's lives uh, so that um, they are Christ-centered, if it's and it's, it's not a church. It might be something that you've made up yourself, but it's not a church. Okay. Uh, one thing I was interested in, and I think uh, I spoke to a couple of people about, there are a lot of churches out there now. When I say a lot of churches, I don't mean this in a negative way. Okay. So let me just clarify that. Uh, that pop up. And you see the pastor or the preacher driving, you know, a BMW and this and that. And they're not really contributing anything to the community. What do you think? Is that, is there a proliferation? Is that, is that a, like something that's growing within the Christian community? Or is that something that, you know, that's just, you know, out there in left field somewhere that's an exception to the rule? Do you see a lot of that or that's just an exception? I see too much of it, Walt. Yeah, um, um, in Matthew, well, uh, you know, I'm not, this is a show, so I'm not even going to, I'm not going to, but uh, Jesus told a story. He says that um, you'll know the fruit by the tree that it's from. If a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. And then he went on to start saying, uh, in the last day, many will come to me and say, God, I, I, I prophesied, I opened the blinded eyes, I did all of this. Jesus said, depart from me, uh, you lawbreakers, uh, or the workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. Uh, maybe he doesn't even know, uh, um, because if he had nowhere to lay his head, not even in a manger, and, and uh, you said, I think you said Cadillac, or I don't know what, uh, BMW now, the, yeah, the no, BMW, yeah. the black man's wish, no, BMW. No, you, you, you're thinking too low, you know, for those who don't know, yeah, they, I, I've seen them riding in Bentley. Man. Yes, so, yes, 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 so, so I am. You're going, you're going too low, brother. 
But uh, well, you know, born in, <laughs> growing up in the sixties, that was the Cadillac. Yeah, yes, I know. But but uh, but but the, here here's the, the the real real piece. People see that uh, as Greg was saying, the image that people see, you know, uh, uh, and that image gets people to thinking that God honors it. And not only that, our Achilles heel, the state of the church, our Achilles heel, or, or you know, yes, God wants you to be blessed. I, I, I affirm that Jesus said you, you uh, but, the, but Jesus also said the poor you'll have among you, but the son of man you won't. Bye. Okay, so everybody will not be blessed. That's just an honest, you know, you know not because of, of a curse being on them, uh, not because of, uh, but some people just won't be blessed, you know, but uh the the some churches not all some churches actually teach that everybody's going to be blessed yeah uh especially right now where the church was founded mother africa we have brothers who who are ancestors who probably can't even speak english but they are they riding around in bentley's got everybody prospering you got to be prosperous i'm like really okay and so what happens is, you know, most of us, we have not taken the time. We don't know how to exegete a text. We don't know anything about uh, uh, how, what the text was written for, how, how, to, how to help people. And so we're thinking that everybody's supposed to have a, a BMW, Bentley, diamonds, pearls, the lifestyle of the rich and famous pastor. Okay. But when the majority, if you look at the Pew Research, if you look at Barna, the majority of, of, of our churches are not mega churches. Uh, the average pastor in the United States of America may see 50 to 60 people a Sunday um, and average no more than 110 on a, on a good day, maybe four or 500 on a church anniversary and several other Sundays. That's, that's the reality of, of the church, not, not the fluff and, and, and circumstance of, of the false dichotomy that's out there. You know, but, you know, People have to be able to open their own eyes and see for themselves. True, true. But that that is that does have a, a knock-on effect, you know, with people, you know, your your membership being reduced because you know the young people see all of this. Yeah, they, and they see. Say, well, why should I, yeah, why should I go to church? I mean, look at this guy, you know. But you know. So. What? Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Greg. Sorry. Well. I, I no, kinda, go ahead. I, you know, I, I I wholeheartedly agree with with um, Reverend your last two statements, but this one even more so because I, I think I almost think again I talk about the false narrative that's put out there black about churches. I think that's one of them. the majority. Just like like you said, the majority of churches are not mega churches. Are not you know, headed by flash and dash and what they call and, and like to name the, the pimp in the pulpit. You know, that, mm -hmm. that's, that's something that's loosely thrown around now just because of the, the, the few that get that attention. But that's not the case for most of the churches in this country. Um, most of the churches in this country, you know, the heads of those churches and the members of those churches are putting in the work. Are, right. are actually rolling up their sleeves and, and helping people. And, you know, but we, we don't notice them. The, the media doesn't notice them. They don't get shown on, you know, they don't go viral on social media because, you know, it doesn't generate that type of attention. But when you see something out of the ordinary, when you see, you know, that, that uh, pastor driving the Bentley 
or the Bugatti or the, you know, Lamborghini or, you know, whatever that may be, then that's going viral. Everybody's going to take note of that and, and point and say, see, that's why I don't go to church. But, and it's because of something you said earlier, it's because you really haven't taken the time to develop uh, 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 and take a good look at what and who the church really is. You did, you didn't, you didn't go through those scriptures like you were saying. You didn't exegete that that one paragraph you read and compare it, you know, and take it in context. So you didn't put in the work because we're so used as a society at just looking at a quick clip, thirty seconds of it, and keeping it moving. You you really yeah. gotta you gotta put in some work. You gotta do some studying. You gotta do some, you know some reading and research to find out, you know, what's true and what ain't. Well, okay. and, 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 uh, and Walt and, and Craig, you know, here, here's what I, 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 I really uh, learned and discovered. Um, some of our churches, you know, we have, be, we, we have helped and to, uh, to feed the hunger and thirst that people have for greed and wealth. And, yeah, you hear me? We have, the church has done that. We, people are hungry and thirsty for it, and we're giving them exactly what they want. But that is not uh, the gospel. That is not what Jesus taught. Yeah, that is not what, what he, 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 uh, he died for. And so we have to be very careful, you know, to be able to, to, to deconstruct all of this false information that's out here and this false dichotomy that's out here. And it's not popular. I'm sorry, it's not popular. You know, um, uh, and, and there are a number of reasons, man. It's like uh, uh, one of the things that I do not do, man, well, uh, um, and uh, it's like uh, I, don't, I don't tell people some things, you know, like, like about me. You know, uh, man, I am, I, am, I am a young man from East New York, Brooklyn. I mean, I went to some horrible schools, man, but teachers told me what I wouldn't do, how, how dumb I was gonna be, and each time I just took that and said, okay, I'm gonna show you. Yeah, I went from Tom, Thomas Jefferson High School, College of New Rochelle, flunked out of high school, I mean, out of college, drug and messing up everything, uh, graduated, went to, got money, went to, went to seminary, and I just did a doctoral degree at United after 20 years out of school. And, and here's what I did my doctoral degree on. What uh, the title is The Absence of Black Men in the Church. That's the title. Yeah. Uh -huh. because, yeah. yeah. We don't have, yeah. I wanted, I, I researched it. Why, why are we not there? Yeah, we're not there because ham is cursed. That's what we, that's what the white man tell us. That's yeah, not true. isn't that, isn't yeah. that tragic? Yeah. You yeah, know, that's, not, that's, that's just not tragic why we're not that, here. you know, every yeah, man, yeah. every black man, not most of them, but, yeah. you know, the bulk of them can say that they were told in school they're not going to amount to anything. Yeah. You know, this is yeah. like a historical thing with, with white people telling us that from inception. Yeah, so when the, when the young brothers see me in Harlem, they was like, man, that's Dr. Kid. Yeah, that's right. Uh -huh, okay. If they want to know, yeah, this is how I did it. And you can do the same thing. I go talk to the young boys. You know, mm -hmm. you can do the same thing I did. I'm your example. Right. Yeah, not, not, not Alpo, you know, not the drug dealer. Yeah, but, but the brother who's trying to just help out and, and help your mother, you know. I mean, what does the church do, man? I could, well, man, we pay people's rent. We pay people's mortgage, mm -hmm. you know, at my church. 
Yeah, we feed the, we, we got our own feeding program every month. Nobody gives us a dime. We do it. Yeah. And while we're That's feeding, the, yeah, while we're feeding the people, I got to monitor the people that's feeding them, that they don't steal the food. That's a shame. That's crazy. Can we be real? Yeah, wow. That's the kind of stuff the church is doing. Right. You know, right. So, so right. Uh, and we've been doing it for years. Nobody gave us, not, nobody, it's not all, because I'm not a, oh, one of the things that I, I, uh, I, I know, and, and I don't know how we deal with it, but uh, I got a piece in my up, upcoming book, you know, uh, one of the reasons that one of the things that's hindering us is that the world, uh, myself included, we bow to the fam G God. What's the fam G God, Reverend? Facebook, Apple, Amazon. <laughs> Microsoft yes. and Google. Yes, sir. We bow at their altar every day, but we won't bow before our God. Yes, sir. Then we're wondering where the That's black right. man is. That's right. Okay. Yeah. That's right. Okay. That kind of okay. brings me to something close. If I, if I can just add real quick. Yes, well, please. Please. That brings me to something close. Not only is, do we fall, one of the things that I worry about with churches is not just being, you know, greedy, I, I, I worry about us bowing to social constructs where we almost become entertainment. That's one of the, you know, to so explain that, that though, when you mean we just become entertainment. entertainment. Oh, uh, you know, uh, Greg, Greg, uh, Greg, uh -huh. just change, change the name to religious attainment. Religion yeah, yeah, okay. Okay. That's, that's good. That's good. Okay. I mean, we all know. You know, there's churches out there that you can, they're, they're more worried about who's got the, the best choir, uh, okay. who can okay. dress the most, who's got the greatest singers. And, right. and, and, and again, who not to shout say, the hot loudest. Right, yeah, right. But that's not right. to say, you know, we got genuine, truly genuinely talented people in the church and, and that gravitate to the church. And I'm right. not saying that, you know, it's a bad thing if your choir is great. Or, you know, if your people are doing well and stuff like that. But to me, where that's the focal point, that's where we get into trouble. Rather than to, to do what God called us to do, you know, to go and spread the, the gospel, we focus more on the entertainment value. And once we put, we make the priority entertainment and filling the seats, then we start to lose our way a little bit as the church. I also think we lose a little credibility in the eye of the people when when that becomes our priority rather than doing what God called us to do. That's to spread the gospel, uh, uh, feed the poor, heal the sick. So that to me should yeah, always be the priority. And, and the entertainment value should be a little less important than that. And then, you know, people look at the church. You, you talk about what the young folks see. If that's all they see us doing. That ain't gonna last long, mm -mm, you right? Know, because when the when the people that sing change, and mm -hmm. and somebody that doesn't entertain them, they're leaving. Mm -hmm. They right. don't hear us no more. Those seats that you tried to fill ain't gonna be filled anymore. If that's your priority, yeah, you and, have to and, keep and them I entertained see, when you start that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we're not supposed to be entertained. That's not right, right. But if you start that way, that's what they're that's gonna, gonna expect. Priority. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, just, uh, and, and, and like I said, I, I, I don't want the church to run that risk. I don't want that to be the label we have. We're about 
God's business and, and that's it. Right. I have a question, okay. an audience question real quick. Uh, Diamandi's asking, do you think the marriage rate in the black community affects the lack of black men in the church? Wives bring their husbands to church. Um, think about um, I would I would say um, uh, when I was doing my research, I, I learned something. Um, it's like uh, my wife works at um, a hospital. I ain't going to name her hospital, but she works in a hospital. She says to me one day, she goes, you know, uh, uh, there's a thing as Puerto Rican married. I was like, what the hell is Puerto Rican married? She said, well, you know, people claim that they're married, but they never really got legally married. They've just been together for years. Playing I'm house. Like, oh. Uh, oh, yeah. It's and common law. Right, right. <laughs> common law, not right? New exactly. right. So I said, mm-hmm. so not New York. Exactly. So I said, oh, okay, cool. You know, so she's like, you're not upset with that? I was like, no. I'm like, it doesn't bother me. I said, but it doesn't, it doesn't bother me, but it doesn't improve us as African-American, as a black family, because for, for the black family to continue to grow, uh, we, we can, the, the, the city of New York will arm, on a common law marriage. It will. Yeah, it does. However, uh, you just can't, you just can't share your, your life insurance, your, uh, pension, et cetera, et cetera. You, they just honor it, but you, in, you know, you're not going to share the goods if you would. And so in that sense, we can't grow. Right. Uh, but we live in, a, we live in a diverse culture right now. And, and, uh, this diverse culture where everybody, you know, has an opportunity to get married, whether you're heterosexual, homosexual in New York state, it's the law. Uh, a few years ago, uh, Dr. Cliff Jones told me, he said, Kilgore, it's not going to even matter anymore in a few years about same-sex marriage and how people get married. I was like, why? He said, because it's going to be, once it's the law, he said, and if people are serious about getting married, they'll get married, married rather, regardless of their sexuality or their gender. That is the truth. Yeah, I, I, I have known uh, my family members, other people from other genders and other sexualities who, who've face the same thing that we face, you know, you name a married family that doesn't have problems, and then uh, that's not going to w- work out too well. Everybody goes through some kind of burden, trial, tribulation in their marriage. And unfortunately, when it comes to the black family, I mean, we going through, how do we feed the family? How do you pay the bills? How do you, uh, how do you make it with one salary when you used to have two? You know, so how do you get your... Uh, pay for the lawyer to get your kid out of jail. You know, I mean, just one on top of the other. Uh, and so that has hindered the black marriage and or family uh, because whatever it is for us, it seems it's magnified by 200%. And then on top of that, if you've got a church that doesn't support you, you know, that's one of the things that the church does support. And so um, how do I know it? One, we have a friend, my wife, we had a friend, she was a member of this church in Rockland County, and the girl really needed help. She wasn't even a member of my church, but she knew, you know, her and my wife worked together. She was like, hey, I need money to pay my mortgage, rent. And, and so she said, like, hey, Reverend, can you help us? We have a benevolent ministry. And so I said, well, go to your church. This is why I go to your church and ask them, you know, this is a, I mean, this is a, a large church. And they told her they weren't helping her. And that thing hit me in my stomach. I was like, wait a minute. I know this guy. He's on the radio. He's on. And it was like she was at fault, you know, because she needed some money. Hmm. And, I, and 
So, you know, I, I almost drove up there and you know, was like, Negro, I want to curse him out. But I said, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. Do yeah. you find that most churches, because I saw in the chat room, Dia Mandy had mentioned that her church where she's out in New Jersey, they had a, um, for COVID, they, they raised money for their church. It was a special fund for people that was affected by the COVID shutdown. But she also said, unless you're a member or call the church to ask, you may not know there was assistance available. Does it matter, at, especially at your church, if the person is a member or not, will you help anyone? How does that process work? It, it matters if you're a member, but we, we, we are called to help everybody. And so, yeah, it matters if you're a member, but usually our church, we, we've helped everybody. We've helped people that are members. We help people that are not members. And uh, it's not a sense of, of favoritism. You know, if it's a really, really, you know, a matter that needs to be addressed, you know, I'll get together with, you know, some of the men in the church, some of the men in the community, and, and, and uh, you know, it's going to be vetted first. You know, we don't give out money just to be given out. Right, money. of course. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. so, so yeah. but uh, we're, trying to, we're trying to really, and, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm really, you know, uh, a proponent of helping people. You know, that's just, you know, who and what I am. I, I, I love doing that. But, um, and, I, and on the flip side of that, you know, there's some people that you just can't, uh, I had to learn this to heart. Some people just, you just can't help. You know, that only only God can help only their family. Only they can help themselves. First. You got to help themselves. And right. so but we will help. We'll help. Uh, yeah, we'll help anybody. You know, we we got I mean, we friendship has been around 85 years. We got scholarships. We've been giving out scholarships 50 years. I mean, we've been uh, some of our some of our students have graduated have just been totally blessed. You know, and they and they come back and bless the church. And so that we can continue ministering to the people. And so it's, that's, the, that's the blessing. You know, that's the blessing. Yes, okay. it sure is. And that's what the church is called to do. I mean, in that's the right. that, that's that's right. who That's, that's what right. we're supposed to be. That's um, right. You know, and, and, and everything uh, Reverend Kilgore just said about, you know, how they'll help. You know, it, yeah, you know, we help the people in the church, but we help the people outside of the church also. Because that, that's what we're called to do. It's just that simple. And uh, to just let me speak to the Diamante's excellent question in the first place. Um, you know, before that, if I can, well, yes, please. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I, I think, and, and this is me, I get a little radical when it comes to this because I think there's a construct to destroy the family, especially, and I think the target is the church. We no traditionally, set the boundary for, for the, the traditional family. The, to, the Judeo-Christian family construct is now under attack. And no this question. has, you can say what you want about agreeing or disagreeing with, with same-sex marriages and this, that's not it. That's not where, where I'm coming from. Um, it, it is that it's under attack from, from everyday society. You, you look at entertainment, you look at music, I mean, hey, I grew up in the rap era, you know, uh, uh, in, in, but I also grew up in the 60s and the, in the, you know, the free love era. I, I, you know how I am, Michelle, and, you know, about music, yes. the type of music I love. But still, it's still, you know, as time goes by, we're starting to accept more and more. And that's degrading the family, the, 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 uh, 
it's diminishing the family construct. We talk about women. We lose respect for our people, and that shows itself in the family. And then right. you go outside, and, and, and people, it's almost acceptable. Marriage is less and less acceptable. Uh, you know, having a strong male, black presence in our communities is less and less acceptable to people outside, so it's definitely less acceptable inside. That's not even something that our youth even even grow to want to be, because they've mm. been told for so long that that's not what they are. So there's all kind of outside forces. We need to get back to what the church says, as far as I'm concerned. Yes, I feel radical about that because I think the construct that, that that's biblical is the construct that we need to rebuild to rebuild our community. And, and the family is, is the first right. part of it. Having that, Dynamics. yes, that man, the mm -hmm. head of the household, that strong woman by his side, raising strong children with work ethic that's, that's ready to roll up their sleeves and whatever they're right. they okay. going to get, mm -hmm. they got to work for. That's the well, I, I have our, to, our parents grew up here. Yeah, Greg, I, I do have to disagree somewhat with you because I think okay. there's some other variables uh, out there that impact the black family. Number one, when we integrated the schools, mm -hmm. and that, wow. that had a tremendous wow. negative impact on us. We got mm -hmm. the short end of the stick. Uh, I believe I did a show a couple of years ago about that and the implications and the ramifications that we still see up to today. But that laid the foundation when you became Walter to just a number of, hey, you, all right, mm -hmm. due to the influx of white teachers teaching black students, okay? I think that that's the that's the genesis of what you're talking about, from my perspective and from what I understand. Okay. Yeah, but I'm a, so I'm I do a, have to disagree with you on that a little bit. I'm to that walk, but and, and I'm gonna take Go this almost out of the slightly out of the context. This affects the church in general, not just the black church. I know the subject of this show is the black church, but I'm talking about the church, the church universal, and that's what's being attacked, and that's where that family construct. It's not just the, the, the black church that's being attacked. It's the church in general that's being attacked, and that family construct is starting to be diminished. So it affects the church overall. It definitely affects the black church because what affects the church overall is affecting the, the neighborhoods and the communities that need it the most. So yeah, I, don't, I don't deny that integration hurt it, but I'm, I'm well, just saying you know, breaking right. down the church um, and, and lessening the church, what the church is, definitely affects the family. Okay. Uh, Walt and, and Greg, uh, um, I guess uh, one of the ways, one of the things I've been teaching all of the last year and a half to, to my people on the half hour of power and that friendship is, is, is this way, because so that we don't, so that they can, under, I try to bring it down where the goats can get it. As my man uh, says, uh, um, that um, in today's society, in today's church, and in the world that I live in, people will congratulate you if you're a sinner. They'll give you a standing ovation. Now you say, all right. But if you, say, if you say you're trying to live a godly life, they frown on you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that, that, that everybody can understand that. So. I mean, I don't need anybody's help to tell me how to sin. I know that myself. I'm the best one at it. Uh, but but uh, uh, nobody congratulates me when I say, hey, man, you know, I'm trying to you know, live a godly life, trying to 
it, that's frowned upon, but that's the society and the culture. Uh, and both of you are right. You know, we need the traditional family, you know, uh, but uh, um, the, the, the results of our integration since uh, Brown versus Board, Board of Education, 54 up until now, it has killed it. We don't have black businesses. We about not to have black churches. When I first came to Friendship, Reverend Grant was pastor of Convent Avenue Baptist Church. My boy Jesse's there now. He said to me, he said, Kilgore, this is 2001. He said, son, I may not see. He said, but one day you're going to look up, it's going to be a white pastor of Abyssinian, a white pastor of your church, and a white pastor of Convent. Mm-hmm. That man, that, that man yes. never lied. He told the truth because it's happening right now. Right. Yeah, it's happening right now. I got white folks up, man. Greg, I got some white members in our church, man. I married one of my white couples, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there. I'm, they, I'm they, a, the doors they, are always they open. Yeah. No, they live right next door, man. When I, man, a cat heard me <laughs> preaching one Sunday, that he was standing back there. And I'm, I mean, I'm like, he rocking. I'm telling me, oh, hold it, man. You're throwing me off. But then they got those $10 million townhouses down there, too. So yes, you're doing uh, all right. Yeah. 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 I mean, but how do you stop? But, but guess what? Black people don't want them. They don't want the it. The members yeah. of the church. No, don't let. I'm like, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold, hold it. Are you crazy? Some of you, your, I know your grandchildren, your daughters and sons are married to white people. Stop. That's how messed up we are, man. But I, I got a question, though, and, and, and yeah. this is, you know, I, I understand. I definitely understand, you know, where you're coming from. But when we, when, we, when we sit back and look at it from a biblical perspective, is, is God church, is Jesus' church segregated? No. Now, I know those, that's the culture we live in. No. no. Do we no. want it? Ultimately, do we want the church to be one color? It should be. Yeah, it should be with just one, you know, what? humans, right? So there should be just one church. One race, one race. That, one that, race that, that's what I'm saying. So when, when our churches start to integrate, do we discourage that? Should we discourage that? Whether we, whether, no, we should not, but we do anyway, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a, we do anyway. It's like, uh, yeah, here, here's, man, I used to drive my, uh, you know, and when, when I was in seminary, uh, I took preaching under a guy named uh, Charles Wright, one of the top scholars. Yeah, that's white preaching. But then I took black preaching with Sam Proctor, pastor of Abyssinia. One day we coming out of the, uh, I'm ha- he said, I want you to drive me to the airport, Kilgore. I said, all right, Doc. And so uh, I get in the car, pick him up in front of the school, and I'm getting ready to take off in this big Aramark wall of food truck backfires. Boom, smoke everywhere. I just take off. He put his hand out to and said, uh, where you going? I said, Doc, you said, hurry up, make it to the Newark airport. He said, well, if you pull out there, you might hit a little kid. You might hit an elderly lady. He named several things. So I was like, well, I'm driving you to the airport. Well, what, am I, what should I do? He said, wait until the smoke clears. And after the smoke clears, you can see what's in front of you. All we're talking about right now ain't nothing but smoke. Yeah. And after the smoke clears, yeah. Oh, you know what's going to be left standing? Jesus. God and the Holy Spirit will be, you know, you know we're, we're just, you know, we, we are not, uh, I guess, uh, the star of the show. We're just supporting Cat. Yeah, yeah, he's the star of the show. 
Mm-hmm. And I think we forget that mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. Right. Gene, Gene just made a comment in the chat room. He said Sundays are the most segregated days in America. I, you know, oh, yes. that's yes. a famous quote from, yeah, from not Dr. just King. Billy yeah, Graham and Martin Luther King. Yeah. said 11 yeah. o'clock Sunday yeah. is the most yeah, segregated hour in the country, in the nation. Nope. You know, that's the gospel truth. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it still truth. is. Yep. And we like it that way. Yeah. Most right. of us, okay. above, okay. yeah, we, we, we like it that way. Yeah, it's not mm-hmm. like we are allowing uh, uh, other people to come and be a part of it. Yeah, we, mm-hmm. we, uh, yeah. But uh, I don't yeah, think I mean, there's every, nothing every, wrong with it. I mean, they, you have your Jewish synagogues, you know, you don't see us there. You know, I just, you know, feel right. like, you know, I've worked in synagogues before, and the only black people that were in there were the workers. The custodians so, and the cooks. Or, right. So they're <laughs> yeah. entitled to have their, you know, churches with their Jewish community. Why can't we? I don't think. Yeah. But we, are, okay. we as black Americans, we have always been open. Our doors mm-hmm. are always open to anyone. We do not discriminate. You know? Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Um, I don't know about that well, one. Well, Greg, uh, uh, Greg and, and Walt, uh, um, um, when, you, when you start looking at church history, uh, I told you that uh, the black church in Charlotte was down there by that, by that racing car museum. Yeah, NASCAR, yeah. Yeah, NASCAR. Man, just take a walk through Wall Street area one, one day. And when you start walking through the, those streets, those cobblestone streets, they have, they have actual uh, historical markers that you can read with the pictures, the churches, the schools, the business owners of our people whom white folk did not want there anymore. And so they either killed them, burned them out, or got rid of them. And moved us to Central Park, mm-hmm. and then the, what they do from Central Park, they did the they same moved thing. us out, yeah, okay. till we mm-hmm. till we got uptown to, to, to Harlem. And mm-hmm. so, uh, uh, so the church there's there's a myriad of reasons why the church is segregated, and, right. and some and, and a lot of them have to have nothing to do with race. Some of it has to do with racism, and and right. uh, mm-hmm. you know and and uh, you know power structures that think you know that oh we can't allow these black folks to do nothing. Dick Gregory, you, y'all remember Dick Gregory? Oh yes, of course, yeah. most, most definitely. Dick, Dick Gregory said it. You know, he he spoke at my church one year. You know what he said to me? He said, "Reverend Kilgore." He said, "This place should be packed." I said, "All right, Doc, cool, man. All right, I'm cool." Guess what he said? He said, "If I had a tank on the outside of this church telling Negroes they couldn't come in, he said they'd be dying to try to get in here." <laughs> yes, sir. Amen. Yeah. So, but, but listen, he said, mm-hmm. nobody's trying to stop us now from getting inside. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, You know, I do. Well, let me go ahead. Go go to this because I think we need to address this as well. This topic. Gene is inquiring in reference to single mothers that have to deal with children that are gangbangers, etc. And Mm -hmm. Donna had, you know, mentioned also to follow up with that the growing violence in our communities. Can we talk about that with black churches? Recently, well, just the other day, I was talking to Officer Acevedo from the from the three two. And uh, he sent me this, uh, you know, I'm on the community, I'm on the community watch. You know, all, he sends this piece, uh, 14 year old October the 25th. My man is shooting uh, another kid at 9.55 in the morning. I thought kids supposed to be in school at 9.55 uh, in the morning on 139th Street and Lenox Avenue. Yeah, so 9.55 and on a school day, a 13 year old is shooting a gun. And I know he, you know, I'm like, wow, this so. 
Uh, where's his mother? Where's his father? Yeah, that ain't got nothing to do with the church. Yeah, now, yeah, church, yeah, because before, the, before the, the, the kid gets to the church, he's at mama and daddy's house. Or should I say he should be at mama and daddy's house or somebody's house? You know, so what, what, you know, because all of this happens before a Sunday morning, you know, so, you know, what, what, where, where's the disconnect? You know, because by the time a pastor or preacher or the church gets involved, you know, that, that, though there were 13 years before, you know, we even probably knew the kid. And so there's a lot that we have to deconstruct, as I was saying, you know, because uh, whenever trouble comes, it's like, what is the church doing? We, we got a little, we got a mentor pro- program going on. You know, but uh, what we have G G twelve. We got twelve kids in it. I wish we could have twenty four, but you know, it, it, we don't have enough money to to fund twenty four. We got enough money to get you know, to deal with the twelve that we you know can get to. But I know that I, uh, out of the twelve kids we have, it should be two thousand four hundred kids in that program. Right. Yeah. That's a, that's, that's an issue. Yeah. That's an issue. Yeah. Funding yeah. Yeah. is always yeah. a problem because you know. We can say what can the what are the black churches doing? Where are they? But you know, there's no funding for it oh, no as funding. well. There's no money. Yeah, that's true. Of, I can kind well, of speak you know, to, to ahead, both ahead, well, to both ahead, questions ahead. really. Uh, Gene's question and Donna's question that we we have to become our presence. We got to increase our presence in the communities that that our churches exist in. And, and when I say that, not just stand out on the corner and give out, you know, flyers for us to come to church, we have to be involved in what's going on in that community. Women have to be involved in, in what's going on with the women in the community. Just it, it, you have to intimately, you have to let, you have to, to, to build relationship within that community and let these people know you care. So you, you'd have the ability to speak to the daughters. The same thing with the son. You got to be in the community and build relationship in the community. I mean, one of the ways we did it when I first got to Charlotte is, I mean, the perfect vehicle for that was we had one of the largest football organizations there. And again, it's not that it was just about sports, but it was a way that we got men and, and young men together for a common purpose to keep that focus off of the foolishness that's going on outside of that. All right. They had something to rally around. They got to see how men should be. They got to change that whatever narrative they had at home. And like, like Reverend Kilgore said, whatever was going on in the house, they got to see something other than that. They got to see men doing things the way they're supposed to, not just hitting up, you know, hitting their mothers just because we intimately building a relationship with the child. And, and the fruit of that is now I see these young men graduating from college. Mm. Uh, doing different things in, in, in corporate America because we were actively part of the community and, and, and taking, you know, building relationship with the, with the young men and their family. That, that works, it, it, but, but we need more folks doing it. We need more churches doing it. I mean, I know you see a lot of churches that, you know, you see them when they get there on Sunday and nobody sees them for the rest of the week. Until they yep, come back true. on Sunday. You know, that's, true. that's, that's, hey, it hey, also, right. it up? also depends on where you're at because you have larger cities yeah. like New York City. You know, the inner city is, 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 is rough. You know, hey, what, you have, what, what, what was the lady's, the, the, the sister's question? I, I, I let her know I really appreciate the question 
And I, I want to take a question just a little bit further. Um, okay. When, well, when I was when when I was dealing with yeah, I got it. When I was dealing with this uh, with my doctoral piece, I was really frustrated because you know, um, like in 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 Harlem especially, and in Brooklyn, all of the urban areas, you know, we we are seeing a a, a vast exodus of men being involved in uh, the church the mosque, the synagogue, uh, many of our fraternities, sororities, Masonic Eastern stars, we're seeing an exodus of we're getting older, but we're not bringing in younger people. And, and so I look at the various reasons. I know growing up in East New York, uh, Brooklyn, uh, back in the uh, you know, 60s, 70s, and 80s, uh, when I went down Fulton Street, or I went down Eastern Parkway, I knew I was going to see a lot of black, Latino, Jamaicans, and Jews. Right. Okay. 60 years later, 50 years later, I, will, I can go through the same communities. You know what I'm going to see? If I see a Christian, I'm going to see a lot of women in burqas you know, covering their face, and I'm going to see a lot of uh, Muslim people walking around. Not right. too many Christians. Just walk around Just the community. That's true. And so what, what, what that's telling me, France uh, expel most of them. So that's why they're here in America. And guess what? They're <laughs> almost outnumbering us. Wow. Yeah. And guess that's what? Amazing. They ain't coming to your church. Huh? That's real. They're not coming to your church. No. So no. What, what do we do? Well, we give our backpacks. Yeah, we give our backpacks, I mean, computers, everything in front of the church. Because that's, you know, and guess what? One day we're standing out there and this Muslim sister comes by and and she just walked by. The next day she comes by, brings her five kids. And they all look, and I'm like, get that lady every, every, I, I had so much stuff, let her tell sister take this. That's, that's what we're supposed to be doing. You may not, right. you, you may not, you may not uh, uh, understand God like I understand him. But just because you a sister, I'm going to make sure we look out. That's what Jesus would do. That's what we're supposed to do. Right. And here we go, some of our, our self-righteous Holy Ghost what are you doing, Reverend? I'm looking at man. You better get saved. That's what you better do. Get out my face. Yeah, right. That's, that's what our problem. Right. That's the yeah, problem. That's what our problem. Yeah. Is. All right. We got Jane. Jane just joined. Jane. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I wanted to say thank you to Reverend Kilgore for being on the show. Um, sorry, I called in late. We actually lost one of our brothers, Reverend Kilgore, Brother hey, Anthony man. Cannon. Yeah, Brother okay. Anthony Cannon from Adelphia Union. So, okay. um, uh, 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 Brother Reverend Derek Johnson from Joppa Fifty Five. He's gonna, oh, yeah, he's gonna, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's gonna do the funeral. We just finished the Masonic funeral, and now we're about to do the religious funeral. But um, okay. but uh, um, I was also there with uh, 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 uh Brother Reverend Doctor uh, Robert Massey from my lodge, and he's a big time um HIV AIDS activist. Uh, I, I believe well. I, I believe it's Brown Memorial Church out yes, in Brooklyn. Yes, I know him well. Yes, and I he's know done, him well. He's, yes. Yeah, he's done a lot of counseling with uh, people that contract HIV and things of that nature. And that was something that was always taboo in the black church. Like, we wanted to act like homosexuality or, or sexual misbehavior didn't exist, and people pretty much kept that to themselves. But thankfully for brothers like him and brothers like yourself, we talk about these issues because if we don't, it's going to tear up our community. And before you know it, New York City, well, the, the black community in New York City 
or have high numbers like Atlanta. That's ridiculous what's right. going on down there. So, you know, um, you know, I really think that the activism in the black community, it has to be agitated by the black church. And that's why I, I pose the question, are there any type of ages in place for these single mother that live in low income urban neighborhoods? And then, you know, they're raising a little boy on their own. And before you know it, the uh, streets get a hold of him and he goes from being the uh, cute little kid that used to run around the church on Sundays. Now he's on the corner, like you said, Reverend Kilgore, 13 years old, shooting at somebody at 955 in the morning when his little bad ass should have been in school. You know, right. Right. Well, I'm, I'm going to address two or two of those things. Uh, um, my my um, um, one of my best members, she was a member of our praise dance ministry. She she was she had j- just died maybe like a year before the uh, pandemic. She is HIV positive. And uh, and my oldest brother, my oldest, my brother be 70 years old. He, he, he's been. He's been dealing with AIDS now for what, 27 years? Yeah, Jane, can you go on mute, please? Yeah, 27 years. My brother, my oldest brother. So that, that's, a, uh, that's a reality within the black church. It's not taboo. You know, that, that's a reality. And uh, we know, but we know the wounded healer, Jesus the Christ. Yeah, we know the healer. Uh, and and um, uh, for, most of our mentoring programs and most of our programs to help single mothers and married mothers and mothers just in general with the programs that the church had, uh, we start, when I was in high school, junior high school and high school, Adam Clayton Powell had manpower. Ronald Reagan comes along and kills every program, social program we had. He killed it in, seven, in 1979, 80 and 81, never to come back again. This new, pro, this new Build Back Better program there were, there were, we had fought to get some funding in there for, for schools, for mosques, synagogues, and churches. Uh, they, they agreed to it. That money has been taken out. Yeah. yeah no, so we can't teach. We don't, we don't have any money for daycare, no money for our schools, no money for, uh, to help you know, the, the mentoring program. They took all of that money out of that Build Back Better program you know, for the churches and the mosques and the synagogue. And so when the money's not there, where else do these kids have to turn? Because most of our churches are not funded by millionaires. We don't, everybody doesn't have, you know, uh, Jay-Z sitting in the pulpit. I mean, in the, in the pew. You know, so, so uh, right. Uh, that, that right there really hurt my heart because, you know, a lot of people in the church and outside of the church, here's what we do. We overpromise and underdeliver. That's what we mm. do. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that's not your fault. And that's, that's no. funding. You yeah, gotta have money. Yeah, yeah, you gotta have money. Yeah, so we overpromise and underdeliver, and that's been my challenge. So I try to not, I try to really lower the expectation, you know, and and make it you know, just make it as real. Look, this is what we we can do. You know, this is possible through God, but this is possible through what you all give, and and that's been a blessing for us, you know, for the last twenty years. All right. So, uh, Doctor Kilgore. Yes, sir. Uh, and Gregory. Uh, we're pushing up against the clock. It's almost that time. So do y'all guys, can you leave us with words of wisdom, something to motivate us? Uh, I'm going to start with Dr. Gil- Kilgore, yes, the audience, I, I, rather. I, I want to uh, uh, leave everyone with this uh, word of, of motivation, uh, and, and, it, and it's this. Um, we are the only ones 
uh, right uh, just as for the people. Uh, we're the only ones that's coming to save us. Uh, learn all you can about your history. Learn all you can about your family. Learn all you can about how uh, uh, about how to to uh, feed yourselves and clothe yourself to protect yourself and your family. Uh, one of the things that we are lacking is is, is uh, that that family cohesive unit, but but the history of our people. Uh, and, and I want to leave that with you. I leave this with you. I was in the barber shop the other day, and a guy said to me, "Man, you know, uh, Reverend, why you why you always you know." Uh, talking about this Jesus stuff. And, uh, you know, uh, I said, man, I, I said, now I want you to go and read this. That's what I said to him. I said, in fact, you can Google it on your phone. I said, Joseph had uh, his father, Jacob, died. And uh, his father bought, he bought a cave uh, from a Hittite in Machpelah. I said, Google on your phone. He bought a cave from a black man way back then. That's you. And if he did that way back then, man, you know, what are you doing now? Are you prepared? Where, where, where are you going to be buried at? And he, he looked it up. He said, man, that, that, those are black. Yes, those were your people. And so when you know more, more is more required of you. You ought to do better. And it's time for us to do better. Uh, the church can help us to do that. But we got to start with ourselves before we even get to that door, to the church door. Hey, I, I thank you all for having me. Uh, I, I, I'm supposed to be on. I, I got to get on another one. I'm a little late for the Zoom, but I wanted to do this for you all. And I, I thank you anytime thank you. you need me. Anytime you need me, Walt and my sister, Greg, y'all call on me. You got my information. Anytime yes, you we need do, me, sir. I'd be, more, I'd be more than willing. Uh, thank you thank so you much. So much. Yes, thank, thank you. you for that extra mile. All right. God bless you all. Be God good. bless you. you. All right. All right. All right. All right. Thank you, Reverend. You. you got it. All right. Great. Awesome. Yeah, just just real quick, I'm just going to say, you know, one of the things that, you know, what opened my eyes is actually when I got to a point that I stopped uh, listening to what everybody told me about the Bible and actually researched and read it for myself and then made my own judgment. I ain't running, you know, telling everybody to go out, join the church right now. I'm just saying, become educated, have a better understanding. Of, of what you like or dis or dislike and judge for yourself. All right. Thank you, Greg. Man, brother. Thank, Thank you, Greg. Gene, do you have any final words if you can speak? Thank y'all. Yes. Um, I just wanted to say thank you again to my uh, fraternal brother, um, uh, Reverend Kilgore. And uh, thank you, Greg, for being on. You know, this is always a uh, hot topic um, within the black community. And um God is good because we had the right guest on today. I know that we had booked two others originally, but you know what? God knows what he's doing. So uh, thank you, brothers. Thank you very much. Great. All right. Great thank show. you. Thank you. Find I'm words, willing to do it again mm -hmm. whenever y'all are ready. All right. We appreciate that. <laughs> we appreciate My final words, that. i just like to thank our, our guests, you know, Dr. Kilgore and Gregory. And I want to thank Jean for, for bringing, assisting us in bringing Dr. Kilgore on. And I, you know, I, I think we need to touch base in this area occasionally. And it's, it's like, you know, we right-sizing ourselves when we, when, we, when we take this route. All right, when we look at churches and, and the spiritual part of life. So I think we need to, every now and then, you know, the one weekly need to touch base and right size. And I think to do that, like I said, is the spiritual part. And I yes. want to thank everybody for joining. 
Uh, and it'll be on all your podcast platform, wherever you get your podcast. It'll be up there after 3 p.m. on Sunday. So please follow and like the Walt Weekly Podcast. And thank you so much for joining.